Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi there, everybody, and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sport show. The 2022 World Cup comes to a close this weekend as one of France or Argentina will be crowned world champions once again. Simon Jordan and Martin Keown join me to look ahead to the final, that and a whole lot more. Mr. Martin Keown, welcome back to the UK. Simon, I don't think we've seen this man since uh, Compound One, the, the, the studio that we had over in, uh, in Doha. Yes. How are you? Uh, uh, not bad, Jim, yes. Just the weather's so cold, isn't it? Uh, it's cold. Protracted journey getting in today. Strikes everywhere on the railway. So uh, yeah. I know that uh, you guys are riding your limousines, but I went to hot-footed it <laughs> through London, and I'm here. I made it. I made it. Despite... Great Western Railways attempts to deny me to get here. All right, okay. You're not happy. You're not happy with Mick and the boys and picket lines and things like that. Um, listen, a little bird tells me you were carol singing last night. Is that right? Yes, yes. Very, very civilized. Back in my local Pop community, that, knocking Back on in, the door. That's right. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> right. but no, very, very <laughs> nice. Mark, very nice. Mark uh, the herald. So, what's your Clank. favorite? Well, yes. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite carol? Oof, I think Away in a Manger. Away in a yes, yes, we didn't get to that one. But take anyway, it away, never mind. Martin. All right, I take it you weren't out carol singing last night, Simon. No, I wasn't. How's actually. the voice this morning? Um, um, Michelle's running a sweepstake, which ailment I've got. She's she's hedging her bets on pneumonia. I think there's wishful <laughs> thinking in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not he's, at put, all. he's putting it on, isn't he? He's not going to get any sympathy for me. He oh, doesn't give me any sympathy for. He doesn't give any sympathy for players or ex-players, yeah, does he? I don't know about that. He's, he's positively stoic this week. I have to say. So, Martin, I mean, when it's all said and done, we've still got a final to go. We've got a third versus fourth, oh, yes. which is an upper, utter nonsense of a game. But I'll get to that shortly. But the final, of course, on Sunday. Argentina uh, against uh, the French. Uh, briefly, if you can summarise it for me, your thoughts on Qatar as host nation, your thoughts on Qatar 2022 as a tournament. It was a Disneyland World Cup, Jim. You, it, rather than going from ride to ride, you went from stadia to stadia, incredible stadiums. Yes, an extra, huge extravagance, uh, a football feast and festival, 
it wasn't really behind the scenes the amount of people there that I expected I found it a little bit of a ghost town that second half of the tournament particularly when most uh, most countries had gone home uh, not the same numbers that you see in a World Cup typically I've been to Brazil and South Africa and to Russia so I've, I've, I've had my fair share of it so I should know um, but nonetheless it was quite unique uh, in, the, in mm. what they put on for us and the football has been uh, fantastic it kept giving and giving through the tournaments the group stage games the last games were incredible um, and even now we're we're looking at it and thinking well uh, is the best team going to win this I believe France are the best team Argentina might be the, have something to say about that Jim the way that that team uh, gives itself up for Messi and the way it's organised very very well drilled around him has been uh, quite outstanding but yeah uh, France, I just think they just keep. I mean, Griezmann. Let's not take our eye off him. I know we're going to bill it. We're going to talk about it later. Mbappe versus Messi, but Griezmann for me is the best team player in this World Cup. Okay, yeah. Just in the passing, you take France or Argentina to win it, Simon, on Sunday. I can't remember where you you were uh, the yesterday. You take the French. I take so do the I. French, yeah. So yeah, do I. Uh, so Martin, on England's exit, where are you at with that? Because we're hearing, oh, Gareth's got to stay on. 2024. That sounds condescending, Jim. So you don't change. agree, no? You, 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 at this time, I you, as a Scotsman, you give your eye teeth to get to achieve what we achieve in the there World you Cup. Go. Get you? one in early, Martin, and quite right. You're quite right to do that. We weren't there. You were. Yeah. Um, but yet again, when I don't think need, we should take anything away from when what it Gareth really achieved. meant something. You missed out. Yeah, because we were playing against the world champions, Jim. We went toe-to-toe with the world champions and we were able to play a system now that allows us to because we've got really good players in that midfield area. We played that, world, that, that the game against France with six players that played formerly in the last World Cup. Oh, 20, I know, I know, I know. 2018. I know, but let's Jim. talk about England. And what missed, we've missed, had, what, oppor- missed what, opportunity or glorious failure? Uh, I th- yeah, I think so. without doubt it's a missed opportunity, but I'm not going to condemn people for actually going out of the competition in the way they did. I'm certainly not going to condemn... Uh, Harry came for missing a penalty when he had the weight of the nation on his shoulders. For anyone who does that, is uh, doesn't understand football and doesn't have an empathy and a sympathy with professional footballers. They are paid a lot of money and people are talking about, OK, you paid that kind of money, you don't make mistakes. Yes, you do. He stood up, he was brave enough to take it, but he missed. And, I, and you'd have almost put your mortgage on him, Jim, because he is an outstanding well, I'm footballer. I'm glad I didn't. But he missed on this occasion. Yeah, but I know, I know. But at the end of the day, Martin... When when are we ever going to hear? Yeah, yeah, we need to think long and hard now. We hear that Gareth Southgate obviously himself will think long and hard as to whether or not he carries on. But there is no doubt there's a trend here. Now, I, that, yeah, sure, you can say what you like. This is a Scotsman telling an Englishman. Yeah, sure. Well, it sounds you, like it. Yeah. Whatever you want to read into that, fine. But Russia gone semi-final stage. You should have gone through. Trippier put you ahead. That was a, that was a great opportunity and that was another missed opportunity so take we all know up. what happened at Wembley against the Italians penalty shootout sure it's a lottery but you let them back in and you didn't change it in the second half and now this so what makes you think anything's going to change for England and you'll lift a serious trophy above your heads in the next what makes me think is the, so. is the improvement and how the team keeps developing and I talked about 2018, you had six players that started that game in the semi-final. You've added to that the likes of Saka and Foden, Bellingham and Rice in midfield, top players. So I see that progression. I see the managers getting ever better. I don't think it was ideal that he didn't have a lot of um, Premier League experience, Gareth, going into, into the club, into the international management. And I do think we'd have got maybe there quicker and his growth would have been quicker. But I don't feel see anybody else better to do the job. And he should take it forward. 
and believe that he can actually go. We played with belief now, not hope, as we did in 2018, because we have a midfield uh, that can really go after the, the opposition. Have you not always played with belief? I don't believe. I, I, I'm looking at it and thinking, well, okay, this was so new in, t- in 2018 that they were kind of finding their way and found themselves into a semi-final. You, we went, at, we lost the group stage game against Belgium, as you know. And the argument is, every time we play against anybody that we should really beat, it might be difficult. We don't win. Well, that's but, still the case. Well, it's, so it's isn't not it? an argument, is it? It's yeah. a statement of fact. That's a yeah, statement of fact. It, yes, but the, we and look that's at, still the case. Look at who we're up against, though. So when we talk about Croatia in a game that we went out, Jim, they were at the semi-finals again this year. These are good top players, team, yeah, top but, top teams. But we accept all that. Top nations. We accept all that. And I accept the argument. I do accept the argument that if you haven't got someone better to replace Gareth Southgate with then what would be the purpose of replacing him? If I were the England setup and I didn't have someone better to replace him with or someone in my consideration, given all, all circumstances, Gareth Southgate not wanting to stay or, or us deciding as the FA that we wanted to replace him, I would surely have a preparedness in my mind to look around and say, who would I want and can I get them? If I can get someone better, then I would replace Gareth Southgate. If I couldn't get someone better, and I've given him a two-year contract prior to a tournament. I don't really quite understand why the, the narrative of this is that Gareth Southgate is deciding. When did it become that the tail wags the dog? When did it become the person that works for somebody de- decides what he will and won't do? When he signed a contract, Gareth is a man of integrity. He would have known that signing a contract in a tournament, prior to a tournament, that ultimately gets us knocked out in a quarterfinal, is going to have certain reviews attached to it. So I don't understand this narrative that we're waiting for Gareth Southgate to well, decide what he will and won't do. So in, in, in defence of Gareth Southgate... I, I understand your point of view. Against the alternative argument of that, the players that he's been able to have select from have got better. Nothing to do with Gareth Southgate. That's to do with the development of these players in their domestic careers, and they've now been made available to the England setup, and he's picked them. When we look at the dynamic of how you win something, a manager becomes, when you've got good players, there's another factor that determines whether you win games, possibly. The balance of probability says you may not. And that's the X factor that Gareth Southgate does not have, mm. will never have, and when we get to the European Championships in 2024, we will p- perform commendably for arguably the most powerful domestic league in the world with the most patronage behind them, the most support and the most powerful support, and we'll be sat here saying, well, it was good, and we, t- we turned up against a French team who on paper, we, looked, but we, looked, we didn't look like we could beat. On the day, we could have and should have beaten because we were the better side for probably 60% of that game. We were, yeah. I, and the English Premier League has been the best league for, for many years. And yes, the players are developing. I don't, I, if you're creating a narrative that the only reason we're not changing Gareth is because we haven't got a better replacement, that's completely wrong as well. well who's, the, who's the replacement? Well, I, I don't, I don't think it's about I, that. I, 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 I think he stays Brendan in the Rogers. job because of what he's achieving, not because he has no one else to replace him. I think it's suggested Brendan Rodgers. I think three no. t- in any other walk of life, no. you get three strikes and you're out. Right? And you're going to make this endless football narrative. And it's always like, there's always one more game. It's, eventually, there ain't one more game. And the season finishes and people can't keep trotting out the narrative that it'll get better next week. We've had three tournaments. And in each tournament, somehow, we've managed to miss an opportunity. Whether the Croatians are good or not, we didn't change to match the Croatian change in the second half. Whether the Italians are a good side that didn't qualify for the ensuing World Cup, we didn't change when the momentum was being shifted. And in this game... And I've spoken to other professional footballers, so I take it from the point of view of people like yourself. They believe that when the opportunity was there and the French were floundering and we got ourselves back in the game, the opportunity was load it up. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 
Good morning, everybody. It's Jim White and it's Simon Jordan and it's Martin Keown and we're live in Talk Sport. It's interesting what's coming out uh, of uh, Qatar this morning. Mr. Martin Keown. Uh, and of course, Martin, you're quite entitled to, to have your opinion on the, on, on the area of uh, player welfare. You played the game at the highest level. At the moment, you think there's far too many games for players that are under a lot of pressure. And of course, injury comes into it. Burnout comes into it, etc., etc. Infantino, the man at the top of FIFA, has just been speaking. And he tells us, yeah, forget all that, essentially. The Club World Cup. So what is that? Chelsea won it recently, didn't they? They beat Palmeiras in the final. Now, seven teams, seven clubs contested the Club World Cup. But from 2025, that seven, Martin, is to go to 32. So 32 teams will contest the Club World Cup. That that really involves, if you like, the equivalent of Champions League winners from all around the globe. 32 it will comprise of, as opposed to seven. That's from 2025. Basically, that's a World Cup of clubs, isn't it? it that's is. what it comes down to. And then, of course, what do we know? A year after that, in 2026, the World Cup itself is in the USA, Canada and Mexico, and that's to be expanded from 32 to 48. Yeah. More games, Jim. Where, where is this going, Martin? Well, you know, it's an obvious point that, that uh, Simon's probably just, you know, shaping his nails to get tear into me right now. But you, I've been saying it for a long time. We need to get around the table. And we need to try and keep a limit on the number of games that the players Too are playing. Too late for that. Infantino's taken no, up not the, the cudgel not, here. Not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. And I think all the uh, the players' unions around the world need to get together, Jim, to be at the table of this discussion because it is now getting to, a, you know, Incredible amount of games, isn't it? We're shoehorning a World Cup into the middle of the football season right now. The players will come back, and I'm re- I'm hearing some young some lady on the radio the other day at a radio station nearby saying it's a joke. The players will go off on holiday. They, what holiday? They go straight back to their clubs and straight back to the Premier League. Oh, so we need to we need to games in five weeks. we need to actually look at the number of games that the players are playing. And one day I hope surely that will happen, and the common sense will prevail, Jim. I mean, to be honest, Simon, even you would agree with me on this. Going from th- seven when Chelsea won it against Palmeiras to 32 surely is borderline nonsensical from 2025. I mean, can you imagine some of the games in there that teams will play who expect to win? I, I agree. I agree. I mean, you've got the expansion of the Champions League. I don't agree from the principle of the player welfare. I agree from agree from the point of view that you simply won't have the ability to fit these games in and make it the the product that you want to be. This is about money. Uh, you have an inordinate amount of faith in unions providing a solution. I mean, the players' union can't even deal with... Uh, the concussion issues and the Alzheimer's and the dementia that their own members have suffered over years and years and years and have been dragged kicking and screaming by members of the families of those uh, those victims of it. So I have no faith in the, the, the unions in football having anything valid to do besides telling people what they won't do. Um, but I do concur that this is a step too far. But this has been brewing for some time. This is about money. This is about FIFA and UEFA, you know, dancing around this huge pot of money and we've now got a ridiculous situation where you're now advocating for another tournament football is where the money is there's enormous look what these World Cups are generating yeah. look what Mexico 26 has been promised to FIFA 15, 16 billion that's the reasons why Mexico, uh, Canada and USA got this particular World Cup because Trump promised this ridiculous amount of money and so it will be and here comes the World Club Championship doing the same thing there does have to be some proper thinking if you're going to play these amount of games and one of the arguments that myself and Martin have and we disagree but we understand one another's point of view I think 
is that all the money in the game at this moment in time is going to the players. And yeah. the reasons yeah. why that's the case is because they're the talent. Right. But also, by the same token, if they want all the money, then someone's got to pay for it. And that's why there's so many games coming into play. If we're going to keep on expanding the games, there's going to have to be some proper grown-up thinking about how seasons are structured, about when they can have breaks in the winter so that you can, they can recuperate. Because at the end of the day, you're going to diminish the quality. And if you diminish the quality, then you'll diminish the demand from the broadcasters and it'll go back round in a circle. So I do agree. I think from the player's point of view, though, you want to genuinely, Jim, win everything you go into. And you want to be given a chance to be able to play in every competition you play in. But if we've not got a limit on the number of days in between matches, which we currently really haven't got, then you make it almost impossible for me to take part in all those games. If I was still playing, how would, you be, how would it be possible? Make it possible. So you get a, a, a sensible break between each match. I mean, we don't know. Let's be honest. We don't know how that 32-team tournament would shape up. It might actually mean yeah. three or four games. Currently, it means one or two games playing in the World Club Championship. Sure. If you've got 32 teams drawn against one another, then into 16, into 8, into 4, and into but 2. But it usually happens, in, doesn't it, uh, in, round, in and around our FA Cup Well, it does, but what we're, you know, what we're surely to God, as obtuse as FIFA are, they must understand the challenges that, that are on their doorstep, well, uh, and they must be able to come up with some viable... Maybe it replaces... Uh, pre-season tours but then again with that with that in mind if you're Liverpool and you're Manchester United and you're Arsenal and so on and so forth you're not going to want to lose your pre-season tours and your revenue spinners and maybe FIFA will be compensating back as they've done in the World yeah, Cup for using yeah. their players maybe it's because we're at the business end of the World Cup that Infantino has decided to get in his soapbox and surprise us all so not only has he said from 2025 the Club World Cup, which Chelsea won, of course, recently against Palmeiras, will will increase from seven to thirty-two teams. It's now confirmed. It's now confirmed. It will increase from seven to thirty-two teams competing in the Club World Cup. He has just told us all that he is absolutely convinced that football, oblique soccer, yeah, is now set to become the number one sport in North America. I don't disagree. It is, it, it is at certain levels when it translates into the professional game. When you're at college and you're in, in the scholastic system in America, you can clearly see that soccer, in their terminology, is a dominant sport. It's when it translates into commercial viability for the professional game. So as a spectator sport, soccer will be bigger in North America than the NFL? Uh, and participation uh, yeah, for I, women, Jim. Is I, the, is I agree the as most well. Played sport I agree. In America. But, but, this, but Football. one thing that you do have to recall, remember, is, is that these teams don't have to play in this World Club Championship if they don't want to. It's not, it's not mandated, it's not True. obligatory. They can choose to do it, and yeah. their players will have something to say about it, I'm sure. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Argentina against France. Messi versus Mbappe. The GOAT against the world champions. Lionel Messi's left foot's propelled his country towards the brink of success to the accompaniment of a soundtrack of marvel and adoration. Lionel Messi celebrates a grand worth of games with a grand old finish. Messi, 25 yards out, low shot from him, and Lionel Messi has done it! He's got a contract with a glue company because that ball is stuck to his feet. It's a medical miracle. He's a football miracle. If Messi plays like that, they could be lifting the World Cup for the first time in 36 years. Julian is obviously the best player in the world right now. That is why Kylian Mbappe is one of the greatest players in the world. Kylian Mbappe, France's main man, just when they needed him. And Mbappe has been on the periphery of the game for so long, but he's had a major role in both of the goals, and that's often what world-class players do. Big players, big expectations, big moments. They deliver. Incredible. I've got to say, TalkSport delivered, did they not? From start to finish, every match live commentary. And the culminates on Sunday, three o'clock kickoff, live commentary on TalkSport. The World Cup final itself, it's Argentina against France. Is this really, though, and is it correct that it's billed to a match between Messi and Mbappe? The two key protagonists, is it all about them? Martin Keown, if anybody's well-versed in this, and I know you've watched so many games out there, co-commentated in quite a number of them as well. When it comes down to it, Martin, of course, they're the standout players, Messi and Mbappe. But it's that and a whole lot more, isn't it? It is. Uh, Jimmy, it's where you start, really. I mean, we played, obviously England played very well, we've discussed that, but we, we managed to stop Mbappe, to all intents and purposes. But we didn't stop Griezmann. So, in a way, yes, it will be billed as a box office game between Mbappe and, and Messi, and, and and so we should because it's kind of the, it's the change of the guard, isn't it? In terms of who's the best footballer on the planet, and they're the they're like a flash of light across the pitch. They're the they're they're an inspiration to a new audience. The people who watch the game say, Do you know, Mbappe is actually really as good, isn't he? As everybody billed him to be. I couldn't believe it. I don't really watch football, so anybody on the outside, but us in the game, know that Argentina only do what they do because of the plan around Messi. Jim, when they get the ball in their build-up, they're very clever. So they have Paul and McAllister either side of a midfield Fernandes, shall we say, sits or Paredes, if it's a four, if it's probably going to be a four. And what they do when Messi drops deep to receive the ball is the fullback on the right-hand side charges forward to occupy anybody that had any idea of following Messi. McAllister joins the front. They have plan of action and work around. They almost flog themselves for Messi. And he, he gives them the belief that they can be world champions. But I think the French are more arrogant. 
they they play a 4-3-3. This is how we play. You need to worry about us. I don't really see them changing. But I think Mbappe will have to do a little bit more defensively. Because if we saw in the last game, they got a little bit undone a little bit by Morocco on that right-hand side. Uh, Hakimi down there and Ziyech were punishing uh, France a little bit. So Mbappe will probably, the egos will be up and he'll be running back a little bit because it's messy. Um, but you can't take your eyes off, off of Griezmann as well, Jimmy. I believe he's the best team player in the tournament and I think he's probably going to prove it at the weekend. The manager for, for Argentina has shown he can adapt and change systems. He played a 4-3-3 against Australia. He played a 5-3-2 against the Netherlands, which was the ultimate compliment to them because he realised tactically he might be struggle. And then he played a 4-4-2 against Croatia because they just love to pass the ball and he wanted to occupy midfield. So it's fascinating to see what he does next. He probably will play the 4-4-2 system yet again. But whatever system they play, Messi, there's, everyone works for him, Jim. Yeah. And his, yeah. he's like, isn't he? Uh, the, his vision... Uh, the way that he runs with the ball, he's dribbling. Uh, he's got a helicopter view of the pitch. It's like he's floating above the pitch and he sees passes. It's a no-look pass. He doesn't even see the player. He just instinctively knows he's there. Have you and ever, it may have be you a moment. Been in a situation like that, Martin, that you've played with somebody who's the equivalent of Messi. Give it to him. Well, every chance you'll win it for us. Well, I, I've played with Vieiras and Bierkamps and Henri's. They're, they're they're the three top top players that I've that I've played with. Uh, they make things happen for you. They give you extra belief, and that's really what's actually booming through the hearts of all these Argentinian players. But I do believe the tried and trusted way to win this game will be France because it'll be about them and how they play. And can Argentina stop them? That's really what we're looking at. Um, I wonder what the odds were on a 1-1 draw and a 12-10 winning penalty shootout. It could, go, it could go to the wire. I'd like to see lots of goals, though, because I think it's a great advert then for our game. You defended against the best. So who, who is tougher to defend against, Messi or Mbappe? Uh, Mbappe. Because there's no substitute. The pace... I can't. I can't find the pace. Could I can you, find a way to win you, the ball. At, at your peak, could you come anywhere near to living with I, him? I don't think so. Um, I'd have given it a go. Um, it's just that when he he plays on that right hand side, Jim, and he knocks it in his stride pattern, so he's already going to win that race. It doesn't matter who's against. But he's so electric. Um, the thing is about Messi is we know what he's going to do. Is just we can't stop him, and he runs on top of the ball, Jim, and he's always moving the ball. If the ball's stationary, whenever I played, I I threw a tackle in. Because I never went with the shimmies and the body movements. It's the ball. The ball moves. And he does move the ball. You know, so it's, um, it's fascinating. But the team is geared for Messi when he gets the ball. It's fantastic yeah. Yeah. how they set up for him. And he's got the vision like a quarterback, really. I love what you're trying about, to find. I really passes. like what you said about the French, and in particular, Antoine Griezmann. And yet, an Argentinian who we all know, who won it in 1978 in their own patch, Ozzy Ardiles, doesn't seem to rate the French that highly. I have to say, Ray, I have not been that impressed with France. I believe no. that France... No, I think that France have a much, much better team four years ago. They can play, they can keep the ball four years ago. They can play in a different style, say. Now they're, I mean, they're all defending and they're using the, the counter-attack far, far too much. Even Griezmann is becoming a kind of a defensive midfielder. So... Uh, I think we have a uh, we will have the edge I, I, as well. France against England. I would say that England was was the better team as well. Where's he going with that, Martin? Well, I mean, what it's interesting because uh, to say that the French aren't 
aren't as good as they were. You could you could argue that, but I mean, I, I see lots of similarities in the two teams. The only difference is that the French always set up the, in a certain way, but both teams were denied possession in the, in the semi in their semi-finals. They had the average thirty-eight percent possession, and they played both teams with a mid-block, so they weren't obsessed with possession. They were obsessed with being in position to win it back to counter-attack. So that's where the similarities are. Uh, I think Aussie's just being a bit clever because he just wants to take the pressure away from uh, and build them up, his team that he wants to win. Of course, Argentina will be his team that he wants to win and he, he doesn't feel the French are quite where they were. But I don't I don't think we should be underestimating the French. No, at, I'm, kind of with, I'm, I'm with Martin on that. Are you, Sam, I remember our deal is 1978, played number two in his back. It was everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, Messi will be everywhere, no doubt, on, on Sunday. But I think I think, it's, I think Argentina have got significantly better as this tournament's gone on. I mean, that starts with the bleeding obvious of getting beaten by the Saudi Arabians edging past the Mexicans in a very nervy competitive game being, being perfect for the Polish and the manner in which the Polish play and then they've they've got past a plucky Australian side that you know you would have picked them to put get past I don't think this is a great Argentinian side by the way I think that there is a uh, there is a, a, an inherent belief building in them and they've had some very compelling results as they've gotten to the final they're emerging now. aren't they so Fernandes is 21 year old midfield players very good and so also they're coming to the boil Alvarez now. as well I'm, I, I'm I would I would I would have bet any money in the world that Martin would have said Mbappe was the one he wouldn't play against because he's you know, he's he, once he puts the burners on, you know, most of the time he's gone. Um, Carl Walker kept with him most did of the well. time and did very well in that game. Um, but I, I think the French, there were times against England when French looked very smooth. Not not often, because we did a very good job against the French and we were the better side for 40 minutes of it. But there were times when their movement of the ball and the quality that they had could be seen. They weren't as cohesive as French teams have been before. And that might be because some of the component parts that have been part of their successful teams in previous incarnations are not available to them. But I think the French, prima facie, are a better side than the Argentinians. And there are more. There are more match winners. In They've got my players view. to come back as well. Yeah, Rabio will come back into midfield. There's more Brazil match winners in the French side, and the reason why it's billed as Mbappe against Messi is because they are the match winners, mm. likely match winners. Sure. One guy's or another, whether it's an assist or a world class goal, they're likely to be the match winners. But I think, um, as much as it probably galls me, because uh, you know the French being whatever they are, I think the French will win this World Cup, and it will create, a, you know. A remarkable history for. Why for is it go? Yeah, you know because what? I'm though, not a huge fan. Simon, of you French. say that. You say I that. lived in France. Simon, is it going to be the World Cup where the team, the team that the not so good team wins this? Because I thought Brazil were quite magnificent. They went out, didn't they? Uh, Did you think they were magnificent? I thought Brazil were the flowing football that they played. I thought it was clicking for them. The goal that Neymar mm. scores, I thought that was opening the door. And then what, they against conceded. The, against, against Morocco. The, against yeah. Morocco, they yeah. then conceded when they had six players in attack and they didn't have the right balance. Well, right. It seems that these two teams have a very good balance. Morocco, very good defensive team. Um, you look at Croatia. Croatia only won one game in the whole tournament and, get, and gets to the semi-final. So, uh, and it was looking like maybe they might win it. So now we're in the final. Is it going to be the most unlikely team that wins this World Cup? So then that takes it to Argentina. And then, Jim, it's a romantic finish, isn't it? For what's one of the best players that's ever played the game of football, Messi. Will he be the best if he lifts it? I think Diego Maradona is a better player. When I look back at what he did, Jim, I, you know, and you look at Pele winning World Cups, I don't know, you can't really compare in the era. In the era that he's been in, if he wins the World Cup, then yes, undoubtedly, he becomes, doesn't he, the best player. Are you going he goes down ahead the road of Ronaldo. hoping, because we've got this ridiculous sentimental um, uh, 
not really. Of, of, of desire. For, I couldn't care less if Messi wins it. I don't think it's Messi's World Cup. I think whoever wins the World Cup deserves to win it. But there's a, a belief that people are willing Messi on in his own country. I'm yes, not even really. Perron in, might be wishing no, him I'm, on. I'm, I'm I do look at quality in a player that's playing at an incredible level and think admire that. But I have to. That doesn't mean I want him to necessarily win. If he does, then he yes, he takes my congratulations. But if the French win it, they they'll deserve to win it. Yeah. Whoever yeah. whoever wins yeah. this is going is one yeah. of the hard ones. I think France will win it. I go with France. Me too. Uh, Blimey, we're in agreement. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. A lot to get through between now and uh, one o'clock today. It is a beautiful day here in London. Cold, crisp, but uh, very clear. Hope it's good wherever you're listening all around the UK. We're also, of course, as we always are, we did it in Qatar, we're doing it here. We're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. You can watch this show as well as listen to it. And we are thrilled that so many of you do. Thank you for that. Uh, that is great by us. Martin Keon is with us this lunchtime. The final hour today, Mark, we're going to speak to uh, Joe Matip of Liverpool. You'll enjoy that. He was over in Dubai with Liverpool. They plan to come back now uh, on their way back. And it's back to life in the Premier league but of course this weekend it's all about the world cup final isn't it who's going to win it on sunday Ar argentina or the french but on saturday live in talk sport they're all live in talk sport the world cup third place playoff game so of course we know it's croatia against morocco should third place be something to celebrate is it a good sporting achievement in other words martin is this worth having or is it a pointless match <clears throat> well it's the game nobody wants to play but it has to be played. And even in terms of the professional side of the broadcasting, everyone doing the commentary, COCOM, want to do a final, but they're doing a, they're doing a, a, a third place playoff. So you've got to be professional. You're there. You might as well get on with it. You might as well have some victory in finishing third. But might as well is not good enough, is it? This is a yeah, World Cup. But Jim, you go, look, might you, as well ditch you it. You play in the Champions League and you end up in the Europa League and you go off and you, everyone says it's worthwhile winning, isn't it? The Europa League. It's another trophy. This isn't quite the same, but nonetheless it is. But it's coming third. You a regroup. decent sporting achievement. You're proud. You're representing your country. You've got fans who paid good money to be there, travelled to length from breath. They wanted to see you in a the final. They're not. So you've got a responsibility to give your best, Jim. The Belgium you might as well see it through. last time round. Yes, and that's why they advertised the manager's job was needing a winner in the in the um, in the in the in the in the, in the classified uh, ads in the, this in week. The classified yeah. ads this week. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. But third place is a victory as well, though. It's because a hollow victory. What, what it, kind it, of victory it, is it? It is a victory because, because you come third, Jim. You got you're the third best team in the world. You know, there's not there isn't a shame in that. Um, so would you be proud of that third place medal back home? Well, I'm pretty certain everybody. Morocco and Croatia will be this time round. If they get it, if Morocco get that to represent the African Morocco, nation. Morocco, maybe I get that. So what, you think they're going to try any harder than the Croatian team who are coming to the end of an era and want to finish on a good note? No. That, 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 this is going to be a proper game, Jim. I've Make got no mistake. I've got a funny feeling that you, Mr Jordan, are going to um, join forces with uh, the swimmer Adam Peaty who is just the, the British double Olympic champion, Adam Peaty, um, says he's been left angered at having to settle for bronze just yesterday at the 100 metres breaststroke in the short course World Champions in, in, uh, Championships in Melbourne. He said, I'm angry with bronze. I don't get bronze often. It's a bit of a weird one to have on Wikipedia. He doesn't want it to be third place. He, d he doesn't want a bronze medal. He'd rather not have it. Would, would it, either Croatia or Morocco? Rather be third than not. How are you it? comparing those two is ridiculous. The amount of medals they get in swimming, Jim. And this guy, Adam, Adam Pete, is a serial winner. 
This is there's no comparison to Croatia and Morocco. And that's a good point, Martin. Come on. And, and that's a good point. And also, also the construction of the sports are very different. We are schooled and steeped in the sentiment of getting a medal at an Olympics or a World Championships or a Commonwealth Games is something of value. I think it's very difficult to argue for people that want to win tournaments without that sentiment of, you know, first loser is just a loser, right? That anything other than winning the tournament is of any significant merit and playing for third and fourth players. I, I think it's part of history that probably needs to be confined to history. And the reason why it still exists is because it fulfills another opportunity to generate broadcasting revenue for the World Cup. Because ultimately, the majority of teams, Morocco... Whilst they will play because of the nature of the component parts of their team, my favourite word at the moment is component parts, um, and the fact that they've gone into a World Cup, they've uh, they've overachieved, they've gone in with this attitude from a coach that exudes what you want to hear in modern day football is we aren't superstars, we don't need this, we don't need that, but what we are is we're built upon application and motivation, and that's what you want to hear. But that still doesn't alter the fact that they probably would much prefer not to play in a third and fourth playoff because it's pretty meaningless. It will give them some sort of... Um, uh, they've already got the glory. They've already been they're World Cup semi-finalists. You know, you don't play for third or fourth in the FA Cup, do you? Exactly. No. But Jim, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this, is, com this medals, is competition Martin. football. So is the FA Cup. This is competition football. So what, what's the message? So do we all go home when we can't win it? Is that it? Yeah, that's how it yeah. works. No. Well, no, 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 no. So maybe it's, it's bigger. No, for, it's bigger ball. for these players that they just go. They go for it to the very end, and that's where they end up, Jim, where they deserve to be in third place, maybe. And that's what's online on the line here. I'd want to go home with a third place medal now. Not with I wouldn't want to finish fourth. I want to finish third. Of course, I want to win it. And that's fine if the construct of the tournament provides throws out the necessity for the third and fourth place. It doesn't really. The bottom line is is you no other tournament in in sport really plays for third and fourth. You know you don't get you don't get the losing semi finalists of Wimbledon playing for third and fourth. Do you? It's not on your bucket uh, list of things. It's that not you on your bucket list to achieve. Of so if you're going to do it, what your argument is, if it's going to be done, go win it. Right? Yeah. I, I agree with do that. You best but does there, it need to be done? Is the be honest argument. with me, Martin? Do you ever look at runners-up medals that you've got back home? No, Jim. They're not. They're not actually out in the, in, in in any kind of cabinet. Well, that's, but that's nor the are point. the but nor are the winners ones either, because it's not about it's about what we reachieve. What we reachieve, not what we used to achieve. If you but were to bring them all out around your me. house and show off your medals, you wouldn't be showing off your losers' medals, would you? No, but um, it's funny actually when you look back. It's the it's <laughs> the, it's the, it's the defeats. It's when it's the runners-up medals that you remember most. I can tell you the missed opportunities. Right. Is what you remember, not necessarily the uh, the glory. So that would be great. Is that right? That's interesting. Is that true? One hundred percent. You remember what? You remember the moment that could have changed it in your favour, but didn't? Yeah, it's like sliding doors for, for in, in football, but you can change the, the course of history. You have that moment in time where you can do that. And it happened. It was there for Harry Kane. And it went, the, the door shut in his face. So it's there, the but door. you have to be able to see it and, and recognise it, but actually walk you're, through you're, the door. You're trying to moment. tell me you remember your your FA Cup runners-up medal more yes, than do. your Premier League I've, winner's medal. Yes, I do. The Michael Owen got, uh, cup final, oh, they the called it. Class yeah. went, up, went up for a cup final, uh, went up for a corner and should have stayed back, uh, let, left Tony to it, and he ran through and scored. Yeah, it's still in my mind. But, you know, you move on and we were back there the Gee, next year. Like it's that. how you react, isn't it, to adversity. We were stood on that pitch and we said, this ain't going to happen again. We were back there the following year. And that's a good point. And we and made a good point. And we won the, we won the double that season. And we won the, the league at Did Old Trafford. Did I ask this? So you have to hurt a little bit to get better to come back to win a bit. And will England do that? Will we be here for the oh next God, World Cup? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. I sincerely hope so. Right, OK. Will Gareth Southgate? I don't know. The Eurozy will be, certainly, though, if he decides to stay. 
100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back on Monday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.